Hi, everybody. Welcome to the joyous, eclectic Thanksgiving time. Thanksgiving special for you and me and for you and everyone. Everyone. This is where we talk about the good and the and and the good and the, and the gooder. We don't <laughs> cool. We don't really talk much about bad. Mm, yeah. But because you know, we try to keep things positive. Unless on the you show. play Captain Beefheart, and then I make mean, yeah, like some people on the show choose to do. Huh, wonder who that and, might be. Matt. Interesting in all sorts of music. So let's get to it. Episodes in like double time or nope. one and a half time. Not at all. I'm sure I sound more episodes. like a chipmunk than I already do in my real life. Because <laughs> you can, li- yeah, the podcast app lets you listen mm-hmm. at, yeah, like you know, more times. Yeah. And there was at least one episode where I was like, eh, I want to listen back over it, but I only have like half an hour, and I've got this much time left in the episode, so I just like listened it one and a half times. It was a little, it was a little funky. I'm sure it's a little yeah. strange. I, I think there are people out there in the world that do that all the time. Yep. I am not one of those people. Nope. I would rather just break it up into multiple yep. sits. Hundred percent. Yeah. Multiple sits. Multiple sits. Multiple, multiple sits. If I fits, then I sits. I stand when I listen to my podcasts. Wow, what a profession! <laughs> you're just like at work. And you're like, it's podcast time. You stand, <laughs> stand up and up. knock your desk over. <laughs> Open up your sunroof yeah. in your car. Just like do a Mr. Bean or something. Yeah. Where you've got a man. Yeah. Hot reference. Yeah. Hot anyone... takes from the classic Mr. Bean. Is there a new Mr. Bean movie coming no, out? There's no, a new Johnny new... English yes. that just came out. Our, well, oh, yeah, came but out it, it's Rowan Atkinson. Yes. 100%. Yeah, I know. But no, I, I, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Did you mean to ask, is there a new Rowan Atkinson yeah, movie? Yeah, that's more what I meant. Oh. Gotcha. Because <laughs> it's like him being a secret agent as opposed to him being Mr. Yeah. Bean. Like, Have you seen any of the other Johnny English movies? I don't think so. No. They're pretty fun. Yeah. I only saw the first. I might have seen the second one. I, I don't remember, um, but yeah, it's a it's a little romp. I mean, I, I like fun, Mr. Bean. It's so. a fun little romantic romp. <laughs> it's just I people no rolling around, Rona. being in love. Have you ever just like seen interviews with Rowan Atkinson? Because mm-hmm. it's very uh-huh. bizarre to like see him be a normal person, yeah. and a very well spoken normal person yeah. at that. Well, I'm also used to seeing like Blackadder and that kind of yeah. stuff, where he's just incredibly like smart. Stuff. That's fair. And yeah. so it's it's not as peculiar to see that. But it's I've funny just watching Blackadder. Seen like yeah. His Mr. Bean stuff or uh-huh. like Rat Race kind of. Oh man, I love Rat Race. Yeah. I forgot how great of a movie, or I assumed it wasn't that great of a movie because I went back and I'd watched it as a kid. And then when like Ashley and my third date or whatever, like early on hanging out, I was like, let's watch Rat Race. <laughs> and she 100% fell asleep like seven minutes yeah. in. And I watched the rest of it and I was like, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> It's totally that kind of movie, though. You yep. either fall asleep in it, or you can't stop watching it. Man, yeah. it's so good. It's a race. I'm winning. It's a race. <laughs> it's weird, because that's like a, that was always one of those just Comedy Central movies that you see on at like oh, 2 o'clock. Interesting. Tuesday. I've not had cable enough in my life to be aware of that kind of thing, Yeah, but Jeez, I believe it. It came out in like, what, 2000? 
Yeah, I so. that I'm was, pretty sure I saw it in theaters. It was within mm-hmm. the first yeah. five DVDs that we owned as a family. And That's our only album. DVD player was a laptop that somebody gave to us that had a DVD player in <laughs> no. it. It's not even, it, it's not a DVD player, no. Parker. It's just a computer. <laughs> yeah, that just had a DVD player. We also like, had a I CD remember right. on uh, some holiday that we had, We were it, it was like a ski trip kind of thing. And there was a family just crowded around this little, probably 12-inch screen laptop. <laughs> Watching rat race and cracking up. Nice. I think we also watched Extreme Days on that trip. Extreme what? Extreme Days. Extreme Days. Never mind. I don't know that. that sounds one. like an it's HGTV right. show no, or a snowboard. I don't feel like getting into it. It's kind of yeah. It's some. It, it's a like mildly Christian movie. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, not like super overtly. I'm so. gonna shred with the power of Christ. Does <laughs> <laughs> anybody remember Fireproof? How good was uh, that movie? No, though? I haven't seen Fireproof actually. Oh my gosh. I, you must not have gone to church when you were. Uh, no. when you were I don't know if I've seen it or if I just know about it. But God's not dead. One, oh. two, and three. Oh, oh man, that's a that's a trilogy that needed I, to be told. <laughs> so Smash Mouth plays a an important role in the third act of Rat Race. Uh, what have <laughs> you, you guys been listening wrong. to this week? <laughs> a lot of Smash Mouth. Yeah. Um, no man. Uh, yeah. I this is another one of those weeks. I just haven't been listening to a whole lot of stuff. Um. So yeah, that's about it for me. <laughs> cool. Um. I. So my thing's not really necessarily just a musical artist. Uh, I'll say there is a YouTube channel that I've been watching a lot of this week. Uh, called. I mean, it's so Anderton's Guitar Shop in Britain. They put out videos all the time, particularly um Rob Chapman and uh the it's the guy's name is Anderton, and I can't remember what his first name Phil is. They, they, Anderton. Maybe. <clears throat> they call him the captain a lot, or just Captain Cap, Captain that kind of thing. So Anderton. It's captain and the Mr. Chappers. Mr. Anderton. Mr. <laughs> Anderton. Did you get my package? Um, but yeah, so they, they do a lot of videos, and most of it's like stupid guitar reviews or like pedal stuffs. Mm-hmm. But they've they've got a series of videos where they do like blindfolded tests. Yeah, I've watched a couple of those. They're fun. They are a lot of fun. Um, a, because like it's a good way to get somebody's brutally honest opinion about like an amp or a pedal mm-hmm. or a guitar or something something like that um particularly based on the way that it sounds like the, one of the ones that i watched today was uh they had blindfolded folded the captain and they had five different amps mm-hmm. that were all kind of a similar level they were all like combo kind of bluesy ish mm-hmm. sort of amps and the one that the captain ended up liking the best was like a Roland digital cube really <laughs> yeah no i mean wow. and it, and it sounded really good but yeah. he just like they took the mask off and it was like the cheapest one out of all of them. And that's he was like, funny. are you kidding me? Seriously? <laughs> like that's the one that he picked. And it was, it was really the funny. The funny thing to me with those kinds of videos sometimes <clears throat> is I've seen one where it's like, you know, four different acoustic guitars mm-hmm. or no, it was, yeah. uh, it was four different Stratocasters yeah. and maybe one of them was a Squire or something, but then the other ones were all Fender uh, you know, name brand strats yeah, and yeah. stuff, um, but of different price ranges. Mm-hmm. One's three hundred dollars, and like the top one's like fifteen thousand dollars or something. The um, which is really interesting to see. Like you know, yeah, this one sounds surprisingly good for this. But the thing that's like a little bit cheap with those or cheating or whatever is they know a lot of the kind of the. Th- qualities that a certain guitar version will have and so then therefore it's like this one i can tell that it's kind of like this which therefore means it's the cheaper one yeah and so then they'll lump it Mm. into being you know and you can tell it's a cheaper one because of this which like you know is maybe true but you still it's 
it's frozen because I'd love to get that like just complete honest feedback mm-hmm. where they can't figure out that it's the cheapest yeah, one and then totally. lump it into a category, but just based on just the sound and just the feel, um, you know, compare only based on that. But yeah. I'm sure it would kind of wind up being a it's, little bit similar. They, they try and like prevent as much of that yeah. as they can in a mm-hmm. lot of these videos which is it's good because they really are trying to get like the actual honest to me right. so like for this one the one the amp one that i was just talking about like the captain had his own guitar mm-hmm. that he played a lot and then they just like had the amps behind him and somebody else was like switching them into the different uh-huh. amps and all that stuff so it was very like he only feels this one thing hmm. for a lot of the guitar ones they figured out fairly quickly that rob chapman is stupid good at figuring <laughs> out like what guitars he's yeah. like playing or something like that because the dude's a nasty guitar player but has a super good ear too even yeah. when somebody else is playing the guitars mm-hmm. like it's, so they have one where they're both blindfolded and another another like youtuber named rabea is playing all of the guitars and mm-hmm. everything and rob chapman would just be like sitting there for a second and be like no I think that's a PRS with like Seymour Duncan's and Rabeo would just like look up at the camera and be like, how does this guy know? Like, I don't they, yeah. like, just what? And mm-hmm. he, he would just nail things consistently. Like that dude just has a really good ear. Yeah. And so there's a ton of those where it's like, can you tell the difference between a single coil and like P90s or like different kinds of single coils or humbuckers mm-hmm. or like all these different guitars do you like rate these you know super strats kind of stuff and rob chapman generally is fairly honest with he he tries to not do the i figured out what this is right. so i'm gonna rate it accordingly it's like this guitar feels really good i think this is a high-end strat but it's actually like a squire classic player series yeah. and he'll take it off and be like oh yeah that's just a really killer <laughs> guitar and especially for like being 400 dollars. like yeah. hell yeah um and that kind of stuff so some of them are, are cool. pretty funny but yeah he the dude's a monster. It's pretty funny mm-hmm. watching those videos just to see like, can Rob figure out what this is? They did one for Telecasters that he just gets every single oh one goodness. right, and it is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would just got floored by it, and I think that's what made me keep watching those videos mm-hmm. was like, I think the Telecaster one I think was the first one I listened to because I feel like I have a fairly discerning ear. Yeah. I don't think I could pick up things that this dude just. I like, don't have a discerning calls. ear. I would not at all. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know anything. I'm for the amount that I you know play instruments and all that kind of stuff. I have never known barely anything about you know about guitars in the yeah. sense of. So if someone had like a Les Paul uh-huh. and a Telecaster in front of you, you don't think you could. And was like playing them side to side. I okay, I I could tell the difference between those. I'm pretty sure. Like, well, and especially if it's like humbucker Les Pauls Uh versus like single coil strap. Those just sound so wildly different. Like, it would be very hard for me to foresee you not being able to tell the difference between those. But what floors me so it's not just that he can tell the difference between like single coils and humbucker. It's like specific brands that he can just be like he'll be playing one of them and be like this feels like an esp or a jackson and it's like an esp and then he'll play another one and be like this feels like a prs and yeah. it's like it is a prs <laughs> the, I, and being totally blindfolded like only playing it not really like feeling around like the headstock yeah. like he's not feeling any more of the guitar right, he's yeah. just playing it i don't know man it's crazy but anyway. he would be smart <laughs> smart. If, <laughs> if he's ever doing a video and he's playing a guitar he doesn't like he should just do one of these to the camera. He should lift up his blindfold, just one eye. He should go, this sounds like a POS. <laughs> 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 just little winks. 
<laughs> and it turns out his eyes just twitching. And it's a problem, and he got he has to go off stage. And then he has a stroke, and that's the end of that channel. That's not funny. Well, that's not funny at all. I laughed, but it's not it's funny. It's not guys. very funny. Oh boy! How about you, Matt? <laughs> I've been listening to Regret. <laughs> uh yeah this week was a whole mixed bag for me um yeah i got i i don't know a whole bunch on discover weekly which is slowly getting better for me nice i still it's still not like perfect and you know from what i hear it's always like perfect choices like oh man this is a band that i never knew existed and i love them and that's still not the way for me but there are some some goldies in there i guess my weeks are all or nothing it yeah. feels like <laughs> like, yeah. like they're all good or none of them are good complete junk and then yeah. other weeks are like wow a lot of good stuff on here you got one that i nope not at all but the rest are pretty good yeah for me i feel like it's a gradient it's all very dependent on what i've been listening to right. because a lot of times like if i've been listening to a lot of shreddy stuff like the stuff that it recommends it's like ah, oh, this is cool it's just like more of the same thing if i've been listening to a lot of j-pop the <laughs> stuff that gets recommended it's like oh no this uh missed it <laughs> yeah because yeah. you only like like a specific variety of j-pop yeah. or that kind of a thing yeah, yeah totally yeah. that's the most annoying part it's like if yeah. I get on a kick of something, then I for you know yep. Spotify things. Oh, he must just like this now. Must just <laughs> yeah. shove more of this down his throat. So, hi, this is just your life now, huh? <laughs> yep. But uh, one of the songs in my Discover Weekly was a new song by Ty Siegel. back in like college um, you said ty siegel ty siegel i mean i always preferred vietnamese mm-hmm. seagulls but that's Boo. just me i was like steven siegel better <laughs> he's a good actor steven siegel steven not to be confused siegel. with steven seagal so but, i mean uh, yeah ty, ty yeah, siegel this a lot some, more people, airborne. some people pronounce it ty seagal i mean they, they really do like t icicle i like to ride my so however you spell his name whatever um he, uh, that was a good movie, by the way. The Queen movie was oh, good. Oh, Ashley saw it and loved it. I have not seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I it probably won't go see it. Entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> Ty Siegel has put out 10, no, I'm sorry, 12 studio albums at this point. He put out wow. three this year under his name. Uh, he's also been a part of like at least half a dozen well-known acts. Uh, he was one of the main, um, if you haven't heard of him, he was kind of like one of the main guys that came out of the California garage rock scene in like the mid 2000s, like with bands like the OCs uh, and all those bands under Castle Face Records. And um, he was he was discovered by John Dwyer, who is the lead singer and songwriter of the OCs, uh, basically playing music out of his garage. Like he used to just do house shows and he was a one man band where he played guitar and drums and like synthesizers and jangle instruments and all this sort of stuff. And he would just kind of scream into a microphone. Um, and he was super DIY, super garage, like do it yourself guy. And I, I got into his earlier stuff like that. And over the years, he just kind of progressed, and he progressed in a way that was that was good. Like if you're into garage rock and just sort of like thrashy, nasty, like completely lo-fi rock, um, it was really good. And he was kind of like the the staple of that. And then as he got older and more mature, he became more of like an actual well-produced, well-crafted like songwriter and 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 rock writer and musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I kind of stayed on board with him 
throughout those days and then he just kind of kept putting out the same album over and over again mm. because that yeah. is that is a well that can be fruitful but <laughs> only for so long before yeah. you just sort of run out of ideas and it leads uh-huh. to nothing um and uh yeah so but i got recommended a song by uh by him on an album that came out in january of this year um called uh freedom's goblin yeah freedom's goblin and he recorded it with a band called the freedom band and uh i I was just passing through one of the songs and i was like okay i mean it's on it's on discover weekly i'll listen to it it was a really good song and it it was it didn't sound anything like ty siegel which Hmm. oftentimes is a good thing (laughs) you know like when you when you have that artist that you haven't listened to in a while and then you hear a new song of theirs and you're like okay like this is you know i i fell off of them because i didn't like them anymore but like now this might want to bring me back into them and that's what this did so i went and listened to that whole record and it's an absolutely killer record nice so first of all this album is all over the place music wise um it's not garage rock at all it doesn't sound lo-fi it sounds really well produced but it is i mean there are just a ton of different genres bouncing around on this thing i think there's something like 21 songs on the album um, so That's it's very couple. heavy, uh, but the two. Freedom Band, I guess, is sort of a working band that he kind of just like attached himself to, just a bunch of studio musicians, and uh, they're kind of like a, a horn-driven like brass band, kind of kind of like Jacob Man Big Band, mm-hmm. um, and he just sort of brought his distorted like garage rock style into that. So this album becomes almost like a weird mesh of that kind of like heavy guitar tones with like horns and like fun keyboard like there's funk on this album there's some like ska influence type stuff uh some r&b stuff definitely a lot of electronic uh influences like you know a lot of just drum machines in place of actual drums um and there's a killer cover of hot chocolates everyone's a winner on this album that is so good and it's it's my favorite song on the album it's a cover but which you know that's hard to say because covers are like never my favorites but this is such a good cover that still sounds like him but um it's you know that '70s groovy funk sort of mm-hmm. beat. Uh, yeah, if you if you want to listen to something fun and new and definitely eclectic that is all over the place, <laughs> yeah, go listen to go listen to Ty Siegel's uh, Freedom's Goblin. Hmm. It's one of the three records that he put out this year. Nice. That's pretty impressive to put out three albums in a it year. Is. It truly is. And I mean, like you know, I don't feel this way really. I mean, I guess I do, but like some people, like rock fans, would argue that he's like the staple of like real rock these days because he's still able to like keep it like he does everything himself and he plays and writes you know down to earth songs that like there's no fluff in his music or whatever and he does he i mean he puts out like a lot of albums all the time and they are consistently good if you like that kind of music which i mean i do like i don't dislike that stuff but yeah i have nothing against like him in mm-hmm. that, I'm not booing him. I'm booing that mentality. That mentality. I just don't like, like that mentality uh, of like yeah. this is the only real rock that's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just that. Nah, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's anything that is real rock. I don't even know what real rock is. What yeah. was real rock at well, any point yeah. in time? Yeah. yeah. I usually hear that applied to just like the people who wish that the classic rock thing was still happening, and that was the only thing that was happening. Oh, it is. Go listen to Greta Van Fleet. They're wonderful. <laughs> The only, I mean, <laughs> the only context that I feel like that could kind of apply for is 
genres that are more about the movement than they are the music like totally. punk maybe sure. like that real punk actually comes alongside with rebellion of some sort or whatever yeah, and, and like social anarchy and right that. yeah that and like same mm. for i don't know the kind of folk that happened in the 70s that was you know like, like bob dylan kind of stuff yeah, yeah exactly like that right. kind of stuff i could see those being real arguments where if you want to f- fall into this category if you're it has just trying more to make to do money with, on the piggyback on right. the back of mm-hmm. like the movement that yeah. has a purpose it's more sure. it's not just a genre it's also other things but it's if that ever applies for yeah just musical genres that doesn't and also i don't listen to any of those <laughs> that yeah, i just no, mentioned I particularly either, so. so i have no uh, i think there's yeah like ty siegel is one of those guys that he just seems to really like making music and yeah. he's just one of those guys that can't stop making it so maybe yeah, not nice. everything he does is great but you can tell that he loves doing these projects and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter like to put out an album that's completely just all over the place like it's it's like a Jackson Pollock painting like yeah. there's no rhyme yeah. or reason to it there's no theme to this album and i think that was the whole point yeah. is to just like make you know if you feel like writing an r&b song put it on this album if you feel like writing a heavy thrash song like throw that on there too yeah. and if you have a band that's able to do that like sure why not yeah but hmm. Uh, hmm. But yeah. <laughs> what cool. is it? Good? Yeah. So what are we talking about? This, I don't know. Uh, this week. Yeah, something. Hey, what are we talking about? Uh, well, gee, good question, Matt. <laughs> Golly gosh. We're talking about a thing. So a thing. this week we're going to talk a little bit about songs that build up and they build you up and they break you down. Mm. Just like a good woman. Uh, <laughs> what does huh. that even mean? Interesting. <laughs> I don't think it means anything. So we're going to talk about build-ups and releases in uh-huh. songs. So um, I guess to give more of an idea of what that is. Goodness gracious. Chad dropped his phone. Sorry. Probably really broken now. He yeah, built it up and then he, then he um, dropped, dropped it down. It on its uh. face. It's broken phone face. Talking about drops. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going to talk about EDM, yeah. electronic <laughs> dance music this evening. Yeah. Uh, Did I mention you guys, I can't remember, my coworker that listens to a lot of EDM, but always calls it EMD, and it's just so EMD. funny. Like, I... <laughs> Because he's like, oh, have you heard this like uh, this great song? It's like, man, it's really good EMD music and whatever. Electronic like, music. Man, you're dance. listening to this music <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and it's just, but I'm not going to correct him because I don't care. It's just really funny that like. It's really new. Have you tried uh, this pizza? Check out this hop hip really track. Good, really good dinner at this puzzle place. Uh, it's pizza, pizza, pizza. I was, I was thinking about listening pizza. to this new BNR music. This BNR. <laughs> That sounds RBN. strangely <laughs> sexual for some reason. Well, so does EMD, but I... Yeah. So EMD. It sounds more like a drug to me. I don't it know. It kind of sounds like ED to me, which, no, which is yeah. like a thing. This Anyways. metal heavy track is just... <laughs> mm. So good. Uh, but yeah, we're going to so talk yeah, about songs that build that up. Build up. Uh, yeah, songs have a, a good build up and, a really and sick preferably build. a good release. Just a sick build. <laughs> so what are some genres that do this... Well, there's a lot, a lot of them. all of them, right? There's a lot, there's a, little bit. a lot of a lot of genres do this, and it was I, I I was telling Parker about this earlier. I had a hard time with which part of the song that I wanted to bring for some of these because mm-hmm. it's like, do you bring the drop or do you bring some of the build up and then like tease them? Like you're gonna want to <laughs> listen to this because 
it gets better. <laughs> but yeah. then it's like, yeah. this clip is not very interesting. <laughs> it just kind of does the same thing a few times. Um, so I think for like two of mine, I have most of the droppy quote unquote part, yeah. but not so much of the buildup. That's the hard part is a lot of these songs, they're, they're slow burns and yeah. they make you like work for the drops. Yeah. So. Well, cause like I was trying to think of a good post rock example and all the like ones a that I was thinking of. song that's yeah. like 12 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, so I'm going to show you like the last, 30 seconds of a five yeah. minute build up and that's just not interesting yeah. I mean like you showed us a good example impact. a couple weeks back of um that I don't remember it's instrumental post um it's usually well this doesn't help at all it's usually like fairly atmospheric um it's just one guy that does it um and I don't remember he did the, the guitar pedals back in the day that was like his big thing was doing guitar pedal videos well, you know what? Sure doesn't matter anymore. You know the guy who has the guitar pedals? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll probably think about it here in a minute. But Yeah, we'll figure it out mm, one day. Is this a post-rock band? It's not really a band. It's just one it's guy just one um, who mostly does it and mm. all that stuff, but it doesn't His matter. His name yeah. is John... Jacob Jingle Hammersmith. Favreau. <laughs> John Favreau Stamos. <laughs> John Favreau Stamos, director of Iron Fist. I'm going to find it out real quick. You guys keep talking. Okay. Anyways, post rock does <laughs> post rock does this a lot, but it's usually a very long time. But yes, I was I really thought for a long time, and I, I finally figured out one that I, I had a pretty good example for. That's not the most. Uh, it's not like the longest buildup or anything like that. But they, I feel like that's just most of the genre is to make a lot of post rock interesting. You have to have builds mm-hmm. because if it just sits at the same place for the entire time, then the song ends up not being very interesting. Um, because it's just like, you know, three guitars doing riffs for a while. And if it just say, stays at the same place, then it's not it's mm-hmm. not very much fun for everybody listening. But so you have a lot of post-rock songs that will have like two big crescendos. It's like you've got the yeah. first big crescendo and then it drops for a second and then kind of builds back up. Um, and then you've got some variations in that too. Like Explosions in the Sky, it doesn't always do like two big build-ups up, build or something. It'll do mm-hmm. like one build-up and then it'll drop and then it'll kind of get louder and then back down and then it'll get louder and then it ends soft or something like mm-hmm. that. They'll do stuff like that and just kind of mix it up so it's not just the same build, build, build or just, I don't know. It just depends. Yeah, so it's almost like uh, a song is one one big set of breaths or yeah. something like you know there's the big parts and the little parts the big parts and the little parts mm-hmm. uh yeah post rock is a genre that i think relies on that to make it inter- interesting just like contemporary worship music oh, yeah. um I, but i think th- those two genres do it for a different reason i mean post rock a lot of the times you don't get the vocals or you yeah. get very sporadic you know f- few and far between vocals um, so the dynamics of the song have to rely on the instrumentation. And whereas contemporary worship music, I almost brought an example of a, of a worship song to mm-hmm. use just to kind of give an idea of like the big buildups and, and, and the releases. But, um, that's a genre that's always fascinated me with that because it's so dramatic of a thing oh, to do in a song. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the point. Yeah, it, exactly. It's supposed it's to be to like be dramatic. It's supposed to evoke an emotion, and mm-hmm. I, and I feel like a lot because a lot of worship music in general will sort of like have the whole song built around building towards the bridge, and the yep. bridge is when everything tends to like come to its crescendo or like the biggest apex of the song is that part, and then it'll you know like continue out into the mm-hmm. end at that level, or it'll come down a little bit. Um, but it's it's 
you know, most of the time it's like this song is sort of setting you up to have a repetitive bridge that is the most like emotional part of the mm-hmm. song. Um, and it's supposed to evoke that emotion. And I think that resonates with people of just like getting excited for something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, what's your, uh, what's your conclusions there? Man, I'm not figuring it out. I know, <laughs> I know that if I said it, what did you Chad, you'd be like, Oh yeah, of course that one dude. Um, but it's not helping. I'm I'm not doing it. <laughs> I just I I can't remember what we're what we were talking about in context, and because it was something about pedals and post rock, and yeah. I don't I don't really have anything yeah. more than that, and that's yeah. all of post rock. <laughs> Reverb and delay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. those um, two things. I don't know. It was a song that like didn't do a whole lot, but it just kind of kept building and stuff. Which again, mm. post rock, yeah. it's hard mm. to narrow down. Um, but it didn't even particularly have a beat or anything. Um, you're not thinking of lowercase noises. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Lowercase noises. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Goodness gracious, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, that yeah that song definitely builds. It, the whole uh-huh. song is a build for right. the most part. Like that's one of those examples where instead of having like two big major humps, you mm-hmm. just have one kind of slope that yep. it just mm-hmm. goes and goes and goes mm-hmm. um, and layers more and more complication on top of itself. So yeah. to be completely frank, I missed a lot of what you guys just said because <laughs> I was trying to find stupid lowercase noises uh, written somewhere. Um, I'm but just talking some, about post rock and any how yeah. worship music kind of does this too, where yeah, you have like right. kind of fueling that emo- emotional sense in a song mm-hmm. i'm really curious like did you have a specific example that you were thinking of or, um because i'm just curious yeah what, what it song? was just about every worship song well yeah <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> no honestly i didn't i didn't have anything specific but i was gonna i i was gonna pull some from like hillsong united mm-hmm. yeah which, or i think like right yeah. now if if you're familiar with like current worship music at all beautiful name does this mm-hmm. it's a it mm-hmm. is a it's the first like post-rocky worship song that i've heard in the last couple of years, I feel like a lot of the trend re- more recently has been like sort of semi-electronic music, mm-hmm. actually. Um, yeah. I, I think it was Elevation who put out like a super electronic album. And then I think Hillsong United also mm-hmm. did one. And it was like, so that's what we're doing now. Seems huh. about right. Yeah. It's got to follow the, the bigger trends mm-hmm. in, in, in mainstream pop music yeah Yeah. there's always the christian variant (laughs) but anyways uh, that's not neither here nor there uh edm also does this a lot emd does this a lot lot. yeah i mean because that's that's the whole thing that's an entire genre built on the drop the the drop and i mean to an extent post hardcore did this too yeah no for sure that's something i was going to throw in there as well is that definitely it's built off a lot of um it's it's interesting too because the drop in that case is like a more like a heavier section where it's not like a release in the sense of Mm. it's not a release of um in the sense of like it's lower and quieter and calmer Mm. now it's more a release in the sense that it's regular to some degree so like you'll Mm. get to a point where it's like i don't know the drums are like (laughs) what are we gonna do (laughs) we're gonna go down and then it's like, oh, okay. To the beach. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was just, you know, as. <laughs> so write that song. Yes. Um, Everybody's just waiting for that consistent China. Yeah, exactly. It's the, yeah. the consistency and like being able to, like, it's unanticipatable for a little bit. Yep. And you're not exactly sure what's going on. And then at some point, it's like, Oh, this is where we are, and then everybody, everything happens at the same time, and so mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it's, it's yeah, uh, I don't know, hype wise, it's the opposite 
of a lot of other breakdowns in the sense of like it's breaking down what's already been happening whereas but this is just it's yeah. sort of everything syncing up yep. into yeah. a more regular thing. Uh-huh. Anytime you like drastically change the beat now, or the rhythm, it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime you introduce groove into a song that yeah. was missing it prior, then mm-hmm. yeah, that's automatically going to catch an audience's attention. Mm-hmm. It's gonna it, like maybe maybe you started to lose attention in the song a little bit, and then you bring the drop in, you bring in the breakdown. <laughs> yeah, breakdown. That's right. Yeah. I almost, why, yeah. why did I almost said breakbeat? Uh, well, I mean, that's a thing in hip hop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's in all genres. Mm-hmm. It's just more mm-hmm. prevalent things like EMD, and, uh, <laughs> which I mean, dubstep is it, oh, it yeah. does 100%. it the same exact way it's all about as metal the does drop. it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's um, I wonder. I mean, talking besides just talking about the genres and stuff too. Um, I don't know neurologically or something a little bit more thoughts wise i don't know do you guys have any thoughts on like why do we even need to have a break or like build up and release within music i don't know any preliminary um, thoughts i think we'll probably figure out some stuff as we go into examples no, yeah. but. other than the fact that, like what we were talking about is it's extremely dramatic it's mm-hmm. it's a really like it's it's a buildup of tension just like in a story yeah or like in a there's an movie or a book yeah mm-hmm. the the whole song has been has been building up to this one moment and then like i don't know and there's different ways you can do it you can do something like switching from a minor key to a major key mm-hmm. which uh i have an example like that that i'll that i'll play um or you can let the beat completely drop out and then go to halftime mm-hmm. or you know some some dramatic change in the song i mm-hmm. think qualifies as like a, mm-hmm. a release especially after it's been built up for a certain amount of even time. in in like a smaller context too uh i mean because all throughout every song, pretty much there's very small buildups and releases, even thinking about like a suspended chord or something yeah. mm-hmm. where there's a note where it's like, that doesn't quite fit in mm-hmm. that chord. Mm-hmm. And then you let go of that note and put it to something that does fit in that chord. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot like movies in that sense mm-hmm. where you have like little stressors yeah. that happen for so long. And, and not that like mm-hmm. all of music is, is stressful right. necessarily or like the anxious kind of stress, but just like little things that aren't, uh, resolved necessarily mm-hmm. and so you're waiting yeah. for that and you're waiting for that and you're getting just a little bit more tension a little bit and then when it finally does drop yep. and you get that release or that kind of relaxation that that moment of breath mm-hmm. then it's like ah oh, ah oh, that's if the resolution can yeah. feel better than the tension that immediately preceded it mm-hmm. then i feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of where our brains are like yeah cool ah yep. i like that a lot yeah. do yeah. that some more <laughs> this is good yeah so yeah. i'll uh, i'll start with my first example um i wanted to my my main purpose or my main focus was to stay away from post rock <laughs> and uh and like yeah edm yeah um because those were the two genres that immediately jumped to my mind so it's like easy thought, yeah. like okay well where else is this done and of course um I thought classical because I mm-hmm. always yeah. think like, oh man, well everything that we talk about now, like they already did that way back in <laughs> classical music, <laughs> and it's true. So yeah. I picked Tchaikovsky because Ooh. I think he's one of the best composers of all time, mm-hmm. uh, and I picked the eighteen twelve overture. Always, yeah, because nice. that song is extremely filled with with tension, and uh, it does so many so many smart things to help build or to help give you that release uh when the the main part kicks in and if you don't know the main part of 1812 overture you'll hear it in about two seconds but um 
yeah, the the main motif. But uh, the the song is about, or the the whole movement is about fifteen and a half minutes, or sixteen minutes, give or take. Uh, and there's it's it starts out very very quiet, and it's just a slow slow build up. Um, there we go to we go from major to minor probably six or seven times. Uh, there's a whole bunch of just different different instruments take the leads there's a bunch of different chord progressions going on uh but then there's little like tidbits of the main overture like throughout but you never get the full like as soon as he gives it to you a little bit like he teases you with it and then he brings it right back and then we go back into the the dark part the tension build-up part and um then right before that final release you get about a minute and a half of just extremely slow mm-hmm. like the the slowest possible moving chord changes you can get and you think like maybe this is going to be the end of the song maybe this is the big finale and then like there's there's cannons going off in the background (laughs) and there's like firework noises and just all kinds of craziness going on you're like okay this sounds like the end of a song (laughs) and then it jumps into the the good part and then you're like oh that's what i've been waiting for the whole time (laughs) Cannons. Cannons all over the place. Cannons in D. Cannons Cannons indeed. Guitar. Cannons in D. Guitar. Yeah, that's definitely like the release in that case, again, is not like a quieter bit by any means it's no, like yeah. it's like oh we've arrived like this is yeah. where we've been waiting this for this is the part that i'm familiar with yeah. <laughs> exactly <It's> like, <laughs> in that case absolutely yeah you're like you've been looking for the party all night you think you heard it around <laughs> yeah. the corner like 20 times and then you finally got to the party and you're like it's the party i thought Perfect i knew metaphor. where i it's was going Twelve party <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah that, yeah that part leading up to it is just like so like you just are waiting so long and it's just teasing you like yeah. no we're just gonna keep doing this slow part that's like this huge build-up which is a lot of classical music particularly yeah, like romantic era mm-hmm. classical music is it is just such long build-ups to like the familiar part or when somebody the, pointed like, out that like beethoven is like mm-hmm. loves to just elongate endings and it's pretty like I guess an analogy would be like uh, the King Kong movie or like Lord of the Rings Return of the King where there's like 12 different endings (laughs) and you're like, okay, like it was a really great romp, but like when are you going to actually finish it up? (laughs) (laughs) That's like tons of Beethoven stuff where it's like, "Mm." or we could do bop bop, you know, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Beethoven has a hard time landing the plane, (laughs) whereas Tchaikovsky (laughs) tends to have a hard time like taking off. But then once he's ready to land the plane, it's like, here's the big part, done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because they're like, again, that's 15, it's a 16 minute song. And by the time it finally got to is 14 minutes and 50 seconds in. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. You got one minute left, bro. Yep. And that's yeah. it. So you only get a little bit of that familiar part, yep. which is really funny. I mean, yeah. I guess that's like the the part that people can easily, they can hum that along and like totally. that's the catch, the catchy part. True. Like people back in the 1600s and 1700s listening to this, like, 
Yeah, that's also the, it being the, the last part. part maybe means they remember yeah. it last. Like, hey, that was Kinda, that last thing that just got played. Yep. It's the I fell asleep in the middle section <laughs> yeah. of this and I woke don't remember up when the cannons four went 10, off. But, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Then somebody yeah. blasted off a cannon. In, <laughs> yeah, and that in the auditorium, yeah. it was yeah. nuts. Yeah, um, the album that it says that that's from is Last Night of the Proms. Huh. huh? On uh, I don't I don't know what's how many how many sure nights of proms did you guys have? I don't know. And just just the <laughs> one. Just had the most part. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pop into uh, yeah. in what go I'm on. gonna talk go about pop next. Um, pop it in. Uh, drop it. I do, but do I got three different ones because that's what we typically do. And mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna keep a little bit on topic just as far as um, orchestration goes. A bit. I decided to go with Jacob Mann Big Band, hey. um, which I talked about a little bit a couple weeks ago is what I was listening to, but we haven't talked about really in an episode. Uh, so this is the song Hold Music, which I hadn't thought about it in a bunch of weeks and just picking it today <laughs> to listen again. I haven't even listened to it again and it's stuck in my head again and it will be for <laughs> weeks and weeks. Uh, so whatever. But yeah, I don't know. We'll go ahead and listen to it and then we'll talk after that. So here goes here goes Hold Music by Jacob Mann Big Band. <laughs> stuff um i don't know where exactly that is a bunch of stuff so we don't know what you just heard (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll have played some amount of that we listened to more here than you'll have just listened to in the recording but um what i said hi (laughs) (laughs) similar to that song (laughs) (laughs) um where i stopped though is about to be a legit drum solo that's super tasty and if you want to listen to it go listen to it uh but I think part of the thing with this song that I thought about in the context of build up and release is the whole song like feels like it's building up a bunch of times. Yeah. Actually, maybe I should have played the end. I don't know. But it never gets to where I actually want it to get where it's mm-hmm. doing the groove and the melody parts at the same time. Yeah. Like that the guitar part. Do, 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 do. It feels like, oh, we're going to play this once just by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then next time we're going to play it with the groove in there. But the next time there's no groove in there, like it's the same thing. And so it's this weird thing of like, just it's all tension and there's release of different bits, but it never quite has the reward. So I think my brain's always waiting for that. And yeah. which is why I want to go back to it. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, um, does that, does that annoy you in any way? I think only, uh, only in the way, like when I think about it, yes. Mm. But when I'm just listening to it, I'm just enjoying it. Like I, sure. um, and it just gets stuck in my head, and and it's one of those like when it gets to the end of the song, I'm just feeling like, oh, I, um, almost. I'll listen to it again. <laughs> see if it does it this time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where you have a hard time like rationalizing the desire for more mm-hmm. and the 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 good choice of not yeah. doing it too much, right? Because it's like you do kind of want to leave people wanting more mm-hmm. instead of wearing them out with the same thing over and over. Like but as a listener, shows yeah, every time, exactly. Yeah. But then sometimes like. 
you just want a little bit more? Like, <laughs> yeah. Could I have just gotten just, a, uh-huh. little just a little bit more? I wonder if they do that live, if they go into like a full-on groove. I bet mm-hmm. uh, their songs are really pretty short and they concise. Yeah. They're not very, uh, besides like solo sections, they're not very jammy. Mm-hmm. So I bet live... It's just the same thing. And honestly, I think this is more of a project than it is a full oh, yeah, band anyway. Not out there so, that. yeah, I would imagine if they did a live, it would end up being exactly the same. Besides, mm-hmm. the solo would be different. You know, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just a weird, I don't know, a weird use case, I feel like, for that. But um, one of those times where I like that it doesn't give me what I actually want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's about yeah. all I have to say on that one. So, yeah, I don't know. A that lot of fun. 99% of the time, <laughs> That just annoys me. Like when, yeah. <laughs> when I don't get the full like yeah. the full groove going. Yeah. And the song just builds and builds and builds. That's one really done. Really good thing that Snarky Puppy does with the song Lingus is they 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 establish like a motive motif with a guitar part in the middle of that song, mm-hmm. and then they bring it back for kind of a drop when all of the horns and everything kind of play that melody with them. It is a very like powerful moment because they've set it up and then gone to another section again and then they come back to that section and yeah. it's just like uh yes groove yeah. Uh. Yeah. yeah that's great that's so nice mm-hmm. yeah i think uh film scores are ones that do that a lot too yeah. like they they put something in your head and then they stay away from it for a while and mm-hmm. then when they come back to it it's it's bigger and better Just, than ever mm, late motifs man that's my yeah, jam man um so yeah my i i did kind of pick an electronic one for my first one because it was when, when we talk about drops this was the song that I thought of immediately because I really do like the drop in this a lot. There's two like main ones that it does. I just picked the first one. Um, this is a remix of a song called Miku by Anamanaguchi, which I've talked about them on the show before. They're a chiptune band, and they did a song with Hatsune Miku, the Vocaloid. And then this is the Laserdisc remix of that song that I've listened to way more than I've listened to their actual Miku song. I, I mean, like, it's good, but the Laserdisc remix is so dang good. <laughs> um, so I, I've got just the, a little bit of it from the beginning of this because it kind of ramps up into the build. And But I realized that, like, one of the things that I really like in, in a drop is when you build to something, drop out for like a half second mm-hmm. and then hit it really back. hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That right. crap gets me. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like that. So this is uh, Miku, the Laserdisc remix. The combination of the drop and then the late hit on the second drop. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yes, That's, sir. <laughs> it makes me think a little bit of that. Um, our band that hasn't done anything in a really <laughs> <Yeah>. long time. <laughs> Mine and Chad's. Uh, but there's a song that has that where there's, it's, uh, I don't remember, in like a post-chorus-y mm-hmm. section or whatever has a bit where the fourth time that it does something, it's later than the other time. And then the second time it repeats that whole section, yeah. the fourth time it does it even later than it did the first yeah. time. It's just fun because it's like, yeah, it's a little bit of a surprise where mm-hmm. everybody knows a little bit what to expect, but then it's going to be different. <laughs> just ever so slightly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I like drum fills like that too. Like, 
it's something like gospel music does a lot actually so i'm not a good drummer but we've (laughs) the church that i play at a lot has been moving in in some of that direction as far as the music that we play and man those sundays when i'm drumming and we do some of those songs it's like (laughs) damn excuse me that's there's one (laughs) uh dang is what i said there um Uh, it is really difficult, but that dang gospel music. That dang gospel music. Now, there's there's a lot of those times where you'll be like coming out of one of the choruses or into a chorus, and it'll do you know a big fill and delay the actual like hit of the crash and snare to the two of the beat or the two of the measure after it would yeah. have happened instead of the one or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which is always like it's cool when I listen to it and I can hear like capable drummers do that, and yeah. then when I have to do it, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> It's like a very short version of what we've been talking about this whole night. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and I think that's the thing is that songs just really are made up of so much, so many of those little ones yeah. kind of here and there. Um, yeah, it's hard to find a distinct like example of... Right. You know, without hearing the whole song, especially. Mm-hmm. But, there's, yeah, there's kind of mini examples, which are just like the chord resolution type things. And then there's slightly mm-hmm. bigger ones, which are just like that, where it's yeah. like a more rhythmic section. So it's a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff where it's a whole section bits where dynamically, this is a big, you know, high dynamic song. I mean, bit of the song and then a lower yeah. dynamic bit afterwards. I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think? You want to take a break? Yeah. We do a quick break. Y'all ready for this? That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I'm too lazy for more. You're mm. right. We're back. Yes. We are here. We you arrived. Guys. So um, we took a break. We did. We took a break. Going broke, and we went on a trip, and we got we cookies. We built it all up, and then we braked it down. Uh, we yep. went. We we took a. Break. break. See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I was confused, <laughs> but I was just like, I'm going to say break with you. It's those moments it looks of like silence, like yeah. you were talking about Music before. isn't just about what you play, it's about what you don't play. Oh, I don't play violin. Yeah, <laughs> me, me neither. Yeah, not at all. Does that count? I can play it like a mandolin. Music is all about my ability to not play the violin. <laughs> just to not be able to do this. So I'm making thing. a lot of really good music right now. Yeah. Super good. That's Been what doing it's all for, about, man. Doing it for a good while. Since Saturday, so yeah. What's the uh, what's the name? Yeah, silence music. Actually, uh, you brought up your your last one um, mm-hmm. was kind of the, just that that complete dropout. It's my next one too, uh, and this might be the last one I talk about. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see how the yeah, night we'll progresses. See. We'll see. Uh, I'll keep you guys in suspense because <laughs> I know everyone at home was like, "What is this going to be his third one?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, my second one does uh, something very similar in a way. Um, this is Tame Impala because I wanted to bring them forward. I really like the drop in this song. Uh, and I mean, we've been talking about drops all night, but like, I don't know when I first heard the term drop, I didn't like it because it was mm-hmm. associated with like EDM and, and dubstep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I kind of thought like, I just assumed that's what that, well, like that was just a thing that you did in that music mm. and that it couldn't be done in other kinds of music or that it shouldn't or yeah. whatever. Um, but then I then I heard it in like a couple other songs, you know, just that complete dropout. Mainly like post hardcore music, mm-hmm. and it was appealing to me. Like I I I did like that, especially if they switched to halftime and like breakdowns and stuff like that. Um, but then I started hearing it more and more in music that I actually listened to. And uh, the first time I actually heard a complete drop that I, that just like blew me away 
uh, was in this song, Apocalypse, Apocalypse Dreams by Tame Impala. And uh, this is a, this is a, an incredible album. The album is called Lonerism, and it came out in 2011, I think, 10 or 11. Um, and it's, in my opinion, one of the best like psych albums ever recorded. Uh, and it's got so many good songs on it. But this al- this song might be the best on the record. Nice. Because um, I don't know. It's it's got this tremendous like. It's not necessarily build up so much as it is like a a fast a sort of down. beat. It's not really a build down. <laughs> I don't know how you can build something down. Um, oh, if you, you dig, magic them up, like... break them down. That's Torbjorn. Uh, <laughs> Torbjorn, <laughs> ready to work. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I, I, I want to play you guys a little bit of this song. This the and the the fun part, which I didn't notice until today. Uh, but the the breakdown here kind of comes right in the middle of the song i always like you know if you're listening to the whole song it feels like it's near the end of the song but it's actually like halfway through and then after this break this like you know complete dropout um the beat comes back in and it stays that way till the end of the song um and it kind of kind of just turns into like this cool slow groovy beat uh but i'll play it for you so this is apocalypse dreams by tame impala That break there, mm. like that definitely that reminds yeah. you, like oh wait, oh there's music, oh there it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it had a little like squiggles. There's like a little, there's like a little kind of like almost phaser kind like, of thing. Yeah, yeah that, that helps it drop. It's like like it all gets super compressed there at the end. And then, I mean, honestly, it sounds like speakers just died and yeah. then came back. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I had the pleasure of seeing these guys live a couple of years ago, and they did that song, and it was just so good because like everyone knew that that drop was coming and so everyone got super silent like the whole audience was just totally quiet and the room just got dead silent for like just Mm -hmm. a half second and then it just like the lights came back on like everything just went completely pitch black and then it's like all these rainbow lights came on and it was yeah that's really cool that's really neat but yeah that song has one of my like that that breakdown bass line is one of my the boop that's that's one of my favorite bass lines Um, yeah and just that super heavy distorted synth going on there and (laughs) Mm -hmm. all the cool effects um i love kevin parker's drum sound so basically yeah the whole the whole band like in the studio is just kevin parker recording and he's a genius when it comes to production and i I think he gets some of like the neatest like tightest compression on drums that i've ever heard like He's got so many weird little tricks that he does to, to just make everything sound homemade, but still unique and interesting. Uh, and it sounds very like throwback, but modern at the same time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just everything about that song, the whole culmination of all those elements coming together at once uh, and then just like exploding into this craziness where everything has its own unique thing going on. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. One of the things thinking about all this um, and that I was thinking about too is the lack of buildup and release mm-hmm. and all that is sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so one example that I was thinking of is like I I, I enjoy a good bit of the Devil Wears Prada's music and but there's an album of theirs. It was their third studio album. 
that just like never really took a break. Mm. Um, it just kind of feels like it just keeps going and not necessarily kind of an exhausting a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like every song leads into the next and they're all that stuff. And it, it takes a break a little bit. And I honestly felt this way about, I think it was parallax Two by between the buried and me where like there are a lot of down parts, but it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just, I, even in like the flow of an album, you just need those moments of kind of repose and mm-hmm. like hang out here and let it breathe for a minute as if you're, you know, running a marathon or something <laughs> yeah. and just like take a second to like, all right, yeah. here we go. Yeah. Going to keep on going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's fine yeah. to have an album that like all the songs bleed together and that there's never a actual moment of silence, but you do need to have those transitions, you know, where there's mm-hmm. just like a synth going on or there's just mm-hmm. something very soft well, and even just, between the buried and me has a really good example of that on Alaska because yeah. they, I mean, most of that album's very heavy, but then there's a song called Medicine Wheel in the middle of it that kind of sounds like a post rock song. It's yeah. it never really goes anywhere, but it's just like really spacey and there's a lot of delay and just mm-hmm. like it's like oh this is really nice <laughs> like you guys are actually really good at this too <laughs> like, yeah this is cool and yeah. then it goes back to being super yeah. heavy again yeah another example that I'm actually gonna play that does it in a good way is Opeth I feel like does a really good job of being really heavy and then being like, ah, no, we're going to do not that at all for a second. Um, they're a, like, you know, progressive metal bands. <laughs> was that a sneeze? Yeah, sure oh, was. What a weird sneeze, you weirdo. <laughs> I just well, heard Matt go, <laughs> <laughs> like, in order for me to hold it in, I have, like, I don't know, my oh, whole like, upper chest area just gets, like, really tight and constricted. Well, you don't have, you have to, to hold like, it in, bud. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I didn't want to make a loud hot shoe. Oh, man. Well, now we've talked about it, so you might as well. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's all right. keep going. Let's do this seconds. thing, bro. All right, here is a Ghost of Perdition by Opeth. So there was that. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. So that Opeth has a quite a range, as you hear from that little bit right there. Um, and I just that was an easy example. I feel like from going from like a huge section to I remember the first time I heard that song and just going from big old loud screamy bits yeah. to a super quiet. And that's the same vocalist, by the way, whether yeah. that matters or not for some yeah. people. Um, <laughs> it's. Uh, just goes from yeah, big loud screamy bits to like mm. <laughs> super quiet bits and stuff. And so I feel like they always do a good job of being able to kind of hold those dynamics in their back pocket and use them when they want to. And so there's like they going up to the bigger part. There is a kind of steady buildup where it starts mm. at a the kind of more basic thing and just keeps adding on, and then it builds up to there and this drops off the yeah. face yeah. of the planet. Yeah, yeah, definitely not necessarily my cup of tea for, as far as the like screaming yeah. style necessarily. That, honestly, me neither. Like it wouldn't yeah. be for the most part, but uh, for some reason, just like I think it's one of those In things that pretty quickly else. you kind of just get used to it or get yeah. over it or whatever. And like yeah. I know a, a decent number of 
guys that listen to prog rock and like grew up listening to yes and that kind of stuff and don't like screaming at all but for mm-hmm. some reason are totally like fine Opeth. with Opeth yeah. screaming <laughs> yep. so which is yeah just interesting to me mm-hmm. but and their musicianship's always super super good yeah um, but mm, there you go yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about Opeth for me is that they always, every time I see their name, they're like lumped <laughs> in with Tool and yeah. like other like heavy prog bands. Mm-hmm. And I don't like Tool, so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I don't want to give Opeth a chance. Yeah. yeah, and some of their albums I think might do that a bit more. Like this one is a lot more, uh, has a lot more like variety in the prog aspects of it, whereas the other ones have more, I don't know, traditional, st- or the older ones I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't yeah. feel like going I, on. I could Opeth see them tirade, sounding but... a lot like All That Remains or Shadows Fall or they like really bands don't, like that. Yeah. Um, Just from like that, but, yeah. his vocal style reminds me mm. a lot of yep. like those mm. bands. I could understand like their guitar work and and, mm-hmm. and drums and everything like being a bit more complicated. Yeah, than those they're bands, a lot more. But... Just I feel like I mean personally, uh, I don't know, melodically and harmonically complex and varied mm. in a similar direction to like Pliny and stuff. Yeah. Um, compared to, I feel that like all that remains, eh, they can kind of do some interesting stuff, but it's a little more shreddy and oh, yeah, straightforward, no, it, you know, a lot more just like hard or metal. Yeah. It's just, right, just metal. straight yeah. up regular old metal, yeah. <laughs> which is fine, but you know, not my piece of pie. Yeah. No, I listened to, uh, I guess it's there. It's one of all the remains albums. I'm trying to remember what it is. It's got six and probably like, yep, same one and that stuff. I listen yeah. to. I listen to that probably once every three years, and I'm like, all yeah. right, I'm good for the, on this <laughs> for another like three years yeah. or something. But um, uh-huh. I really thought about bringing uh, something from the hardcore genre because I, I guess my honorable mention is probably Norma Jean's uh, "Small Spark Versus a Great Forest" because hmm. I think that song builds up really well. I just didn't have a really good example from that song of like what I would consider the drop. There yeah. is definitely there's a riff I guess that happens midway through the song that you could kind of call that, but I just didn't really know how to talk about that coherently. I guess mm-hmm. it's a cool song. It's a neat song. I would recommend that song. <laughs> it's a cool song. It's a neat it's song. It's a neat song. Um, it's a fool song. It's a beat song, <laughs> but I did this. Is, Dr. So this Seuss is over there. Oh, so what you doing? Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Dr. Matthew Seuss. <laughs> Matthias Seussalus. Seussalus is good. Why. It kind of sounds like chrysalis, like you're going to become a butterfly soon. Oh, am I? Hmm. You never know. I might yeah. already be one. Metapod's name in French is chrysacier, which is oh, kind of like yeah. chrysalis. I'm sure it's based off of that word. Um, that's the end of that. Hey, that's cool. Neat. <laughs> that's um, a Pokemon. So, so anyway, uh, I did manage to find one good, like, kind of post-rock song that I thought did this particular thing well. And I, I know I've probably mentioned Russian... Russian circles on the podcast before because I listened to them a lot um, and I think they're a really neat band but I don't know if I've ever actually brought one of their songs for anything a neat band band. Um, so this is Russian circles this is uh, their song Harper Lewis Um, they're a three piece instrumental band from Chicago Chicago I was thinking of a different one no go on anyway um yeah they're super cool uh their guitar player does a lot of like looping stuff and he'll loop a lot of parts and do that whole thing their drummer is one of the like cleanest drummers that i've ever seen like he just is very precise in the way that he plays and it's very impressive Mm -hmm. and they're just they always have a lot of like big sludgy parts they kind of mix a lot of like metal ideas in with the post-rock kind of thing because they can do the spacey stuff really well and then they'll blend that into like a chuggy bit that they'll do and this is kind of an example of that where they've 
this there's a drum part that happens for a really long time and then they kind of drop for a little bit and then build back up into what I would consider like the main drop of the song and that's mm-hmm. this When he does that live, it's just like spot on. Like he mm-hmm. nails all of those hits, and it's just like, ugh. Do we listen to this one in the heavy? We very well might have. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, because this is. I, I mean, that bit mm-hmm. is very yeah. like, ugh. Because <laughs> uh, again, this is another example of that. Like it drops out for a split second, and uh-huh. then just hits mm-hmm. it so hard right there. Yeah, um, yeah. Good. I love the song. Right in the good. Right in the good. He does some good. tappy bits, and it's real fun. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, they were a big influence on my mm-hmm. playing. <laughs> I love small bands that can make such a good heavy sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, too, their bass player plays with, like, a pedal board that's as Mm -hmm. big as mine, and it's, you know, he'll do crazy doom riffs the whole time or just Mm -hmm. make really, like, big corded sounds. (laughs) And it's like, you're a bass player, and you're filling out just so much of everything, and (laughs) I love it so much. Uh Uh-huh. So... Get some of those nasty bass tones. Nasty yep. bass tones. Nasty bass tones. Matt, did you ever decide on that third song? I did, and I said I'm not going to do it. Cool. You're allowed. Uh, allowed. I will go ahead and skip to my... This one will be pretty straightforward. Um, this is a song by Tyson Motzenbacher, who we all know I like quite a lot. Tyson Chicken Nugget. Tyson Chicken Nuggets. <laughs> Tyson Chicken Nuggets. But the dinosaur-shaped ones, not uh, the other ones. Maybe the crown-shaped ones. No, mm-hmm. dude, dinosaurs. If you can have dinosaurs, well, I guess this is just shapes You're versus not noodles macaroni again. <laughs> All over Anyways, again. <laughs> this is Tyson Mike the Fighter. <laughs> Tyson Micronesia. Um, <laughs> Micronesia. The, yeah, Zoolander, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm you quoting matter. it in my head. Ty's Motzenberger it's a song called The Passage it's the last song on his album Letters to Lost Loves and it's really good and it just does this buildy uppy thing for a whole good long while uh, probably like halfway through the song it gets to a bit that it just kind of repeats over and over and it gets kind of more loud and noisy and stuff and then it just kind of falls off and then does it quietly so we're gonna listen to that Y'all, cool. Every, every, era, era, here it goes. John was like, whoa, I can do that note? too. <laughs> I'll see you that note and I'll raise you a third. I love how that, that <laughs> snare drum just yeah. has its own personality sometimes. Uh, it truly does. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. This one, when we talked about build up and release, for some reason, mm-hmm. this one just came straight to mind because mm-hmm. uh, I just feel like it. that's just straight up what it does. It builds up yeah. the whole time and then right at the end, it's like, all right. 
Mm-hmm. And then kind of reminds you that like, it was like tucking you in, what we putting were you yeah. in, yeah, exactly, yeah, just big old long ride home, and then yeah, and the vocals go down a whole octave. Like yeah, anytime the vocals either jump up an octave yep. or or go down an octave. Again, worship music, like well, yeah, yeah. It, it's just <laughs> super emotional super stuff. Music. It's it's the yeah. ways that you convey emotion in music. And, uh-huh. yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's effective. It's funny. It I'd never heard that song before, but uh, as I was listening to it, it reminded me greatly of a song that I wrote like three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Bam, so bam, I'm gonna have to get rid of. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of that one out of the get rid of all the rest of them too, because they probably sound a little too much like it too. So. It's called "Look for the Sausage." Because it's saucing through. <laughs> it's a song about chorizo. It's a song all about that spicy red stuff. <laughs> Spicy red Mexican sausage. Man, <laughs> yeah, there was one time I went to a Mexican restaurant and I I just like didn't feel like looking through the whole menu to, to find like what things had chorizo or not. So oh, I just yeah. wanted to find out like what are my chorizo options. Yeah. <laughs> so I just just looked at the waiter and I was like, Hey, uh I want something with chorizo. Like what do you have that has chorizo? And he was like What? <laughs> and I said, I'll have a chicken chimichanga. Yeah. <laughs> just completely gave up. Like, I was like, never mind. I don't feel like doing this right yeah. now. Like, it's so much easier to just not. I thought you were going to tell the story and be like, I just want something with chorizo. And he'd be like, okay, cool. And then he just brings you out a plate of chorizo. <laughs> just, plate just like chorizo. one solid sausage. I would have devoured it. Like, I, I oh, yeah. like, fantastic. <laughs> this is pretty much exactly what yeah. I wanted. Uh, if you could put a bean and a tortilla chip on there, I'm solid. Tortilla. Please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, no, I am too. Definitely going by Taco Bell after this. Um, Get that chorizo bean bean chips. Man, if Taco Bell had chorizo, it would probably be indistinguishable from their ground beef. (laughs) Honestly, they just do ground beef with some of the spices that chorizo has, and bam. Yeah, then then that's pretty much it. Boom, you got chorizo. Boom. Chorizo is sausage, not beef. Uh, Sausage. Boom. Boom. Just pork, ground ground pork. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so my last song, I, I wanted to talk about this Ben Howard song because it it was on his second album. Uh, I forget where we were, and he has this tendency to really like change up his style between albums and in no discernible pattern or uh, thing that's happening in the music scene at any given time. Mm-hmm. He just sort of does what he wants, and that's cool. Uh, there there goes again. 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 That's Two the second time. And then I punched the light. <laughs> Uh, and so this this album had a lot more like electric guitar and some like effects and stuff and so it was pretty different than his first album which was pretty much all just like acoustic stuff and, and it had some other instrumentation but was primarily acoustic driven and this particular song it was like oh this is kind of familiar because it starts out with pretty much just him and an acoustic and he's kind of playing mm-hmm. the song and it's and it's fairly it stays fairly quiet for the first three minutes of the song about um and then it just gets this part where he kind of holds out a note and everything just sort of drops away and then he starts playing a little bit of a melody on the the acoustic with a little bit of delay and it just builds up into this huge thing in the end that was totally unexpected for mm. me and man it was effective <laughs> like it, yeah yeah it was super cool um, it's super effective it is. It was super effective. So I'm going to play you uh, that bit. I'm not going to give you the best part of the song uh, because you definitely need to go and listen to it because the song Accurate. is just mm-hmm. that effective. Um, so I'm going to play you a bit of where it starts to change into the new section of the song. This is uh, The End of the Affair by Ben Howard.
to turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the song like before that point then? Like it's just like him in a like drop or a open C acoustic. Okay. I mean, he's just playing. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like I like that a lot. It reminds yeah. me a little bit of well, now I forgot. While I was mm. listening to it, I was like, it reminds me of this one specific thing. <laughs> but uh, oh, of Bon Iver <laughs> on his self-titled album. Yeah, yeah, the second song or whatever. Uh, yeah, is that yeah. Perth? No. No, Perth is the first, song. the first song, and then the it's Holocene? like no, no Holocene's Calgary. It might be Calgary. Yeah, no, Calgary's the single. That's is track it Wisconsin? Something Wisconsin? I don't know. We're it's, about to find out. It is the second song on that album. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I know. Minnesota, what a professional. Cold Thanks. Northwestern Company. Uh, uh, yeah. Company? Cam- uh, <laughs> state. State is the name company. of what our, our uh, United States company. is divided uh, yeah. into. United Companies of America. United Companies of America. Might as well be. Might as well be. But yeah, that song's Burn. super cool. And it really, this was a really powerful song live too. Because his vocal performance is super emotive too. It's a whole song about basically the end of a, a relationship. And so the end of the song being so big and so loud. And him just kind of like mm-hmm. yelling over everything. It was really really cool and during that part this whole album was kind of like ben howard learns about dotted eighth delays um and so the end of this yeah because it's super solo acoustic for most of the first half of the song or whatever and then all the lights dropped as he like starts to go into this section Mm -hmm. and then as soon as he comes in with that dotted eighth delay part like the lights were all flashing in the sequence it was super cool um yeah it was really neat Hmm. he's a really cool performer but yeah that's pretty Mm. much all i have to say about that any final thoughts, guys, on just oh, I have so many build ups thoughts. and drops? Build ups and drops. Sometimes man. you gotta drop it down. Yep. Sometimes you gotta build it up. Yep. And sometimes you gotta turn it up. Oh, turn, turn it up. It up. <laughs> it um, oh, he's is. here. He's oh here. <laughs> We're guys, in the same I'm so room. sorry that I'm so famous. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> It's, it's kind of hard to talk about this because it's so general and yeah, vague to some degree. Like it, these all were examples that all count and are very different from each other. And there's mm-hmm. way more different examples that oh, we yeah, can 100%. give. But like, so I don't know. It's I think it's just something to be thinking about throughout your song. In any case, if like if you're writing or listening mm-hmm. to a song or whatever, just I yeah. Know. I mean, it's 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 a thing you can do. Like if you're a songwriter and maybe you're writing a song that's kind of like monotonous or mm-hmm. you're finding a tough time, like uh, like what to do next with it. Yeah, you can use this as a tool, just like you can use anything else as a tool. But I think like, I don't know, it's it's also something that's easy to use as a crutch. Yep, totally. Like, yeah. You know, and, and that's not to, you know, put too much weight on like post, post-hardcore, but I think, mm-hmm. yeah, when, when every song starts to have a breakdown, yeah, they're not special anymore. Right. And, yeah, and yeah, like yeah, the yeah, emotion yeah. that it evokes gets taken away a little bit. Like yeah. well, every single thing starts to do it. It's it's so much what gets tiresome about scenes where like mm-hmm. the emphasis is a shtick of a song. Yeah. Uh, I mean it's the same thing why most people don't think like, oh, EDM is like really solid, super, you know, compelling music. Right. Because for the most part it is about the drop. Right. Or, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the post hardcore scene that was just like I just care about breakdowns. You know, yeah. you look at those people and go like, you don't actually care about the music. <laughs> you just want the like part that makes you yeah. dance. And that's fine. It's fine to have that experience, but it doesn't make for, which was super evident 
music. Yeah, it was super mm-hmm. evident at shows that I'd play with Ocean Architecture because we were doing progressive metal stuff where they're just that we had a couple of breakdown kind of bits, but they weren't mm-hmm. very long, and they pretty much immediately went into like a seven four bit and you know yeah. something <laughs> more complicated. So there were you could tell the people in the audience that were sitting there just looking at at this I mean looking up like trying to follow what's happening and enjoying like music for mm-hmm. music's sake and then the like three or four guys that are like okay when when do I get to like hardcore dance and punch people you know like when do I get to punch kids in the throat (laughs) so what (laughs) yeah and luckily I feel like there were enough of those kids that we like were kind of able to win over to that side where we didn't have that stuff but also set up the expectation of like it's not gonna happen like don't worry about it we've got a keyboard on stage probably (laughs) just give a little disclaimer before the show like yeah excuse us uh, before we start guys hey guys you're just not gonna be able to dance Uh, don't dance yeah, uh, we don't want you to. No, we're not a dance band. So Please do refrain. Just, uh, just stand and act like you're not having a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, this is a this is a college indie rock show. Yeah. So stand there yeah. and pretend like you're not having fun at all. Yeah. yeah. And drink your cheap beer. Uh, that's welcome that. to Nashville, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Man alive. So anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Thank you for listening. I'm going to a show tomorrow night. <clears throat> Who are you going to see? <laughs> Uh, couple Good. people. Thank you for cool. listening. I'm going to see uh, Jack White and oh, Margot. Yeah. Margot Price yeah, is opening for him. I saw a poster for that. I'm very excited. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a really fun show. It's at the Bridgestone, which I'm kind of like, but mm-hmm. I just don't. I I don't like bigger venues. But I, I think maybe the older I get, I like the more. I like medium sized venues. Yeah. I used to like small venues because they were like intimate and whatever. But now small venues are all like hot and gross and sticky. And you have to stand mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, and you gotta stand the whole time. And then like. I used to hate big venues and like, I, I still don't like huge venues like Ascend or, you know, Bridgestone or whatever, yeah. but I do like a good medium sized venue and I do like the option to sit if you yeah. want it. Mm-hmm. I always Man, like the worst though is when you have a seat that's right there and you want to be sitting cause it's the opener or whatever. And the people, the whole row in front of you standing and you can't uh, see where with yeah, them standing. Yep. So like, you have to stand. You're my experience. And it's literally just like all because of the one front row that's standing up yeah. and then everybody like, dick, 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 well, the worst them. is like <laughs> when you go to a show and everyone's sitting except the people in the row in front of you who insist on standing. Yes, right. Okay. Great point. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a Pearl Jam show in ninth grade. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it was some, a couple that went to our church or whatever had two extra tickets because a couple that they were going to go with weren't able to go. And it was like an hour and a half away. We're in Brussels. It was out in Antwerp or something like that. And, um, they, that couple asked my dad, like, Hey, does your son want to go for some reason? I don't know why. So me and a friend of mine who we were in choir practice at the time, I was like, Hey Andrew, uh, you want to go to a show tonight? And he was like, I guess so. Let me ask my mom. (laughs) And so, We went to this Pearl Jam show and we were in, it was like huge arena place and we were in like the only section that insisted on standing up the whole time. And it was like, I don't really even want to be here. I got back at like one in the morning (laughs) on a school night. Yeah. What a weird time. Yeah. Nasty. 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 Just yeah. nasty. Anyways, thank you for listening. Uh, hey, if you like this, mm, email then, us. Then, hey, uh, I just emailed tastes. a different podcast that it was, I was listening to it and they got to this part of it and the guy was like, uh, you can email us at blah, 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 blah. And then he was like, you know, no one's really taken me up on that yet. So I don't know. Maybe no one's listening anymore at this point. And I emailed him specifically. That's to be like, really nice of hey, you. 
I'm still listening. Yeah. I also have a podcast. Nobody really emails in, but that's fine. <laughs> like, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. So somebody if, email us, please. If, if you want to drop us a line, drop us a line. We're yeah. here. Uh, we'll we're all here. get it. We'll all respond individually to you. True. Yeah. And then we'll be best friends, and you can come to our wine and cheese socials, Ooh. of which we I have haven't many. been invited to those <laughs> guys. Uh, I mean, uh, you can. Uh, not come to those because we don't have them. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah, mm. it's uh, joyseclecticgmail.com. You probably yep, yep. already know it. But yeah, reach us out. Uh, reach out to us. Not reach us out. Reach us out. Make, reach us out. Uh, reach us out. Anyways. Reach us Philbin uh, at Twitter and, <laughs> yeah. and Facebook and, and Instagram. Yep, those. We're on all of them, kind of. Uh, yeah, we're on Spotify now. Also, we are on Spotify. I, we weren't before, but we are now. It's not like a big so. deal. But uh, I know I listen to a lot of my podcasts on Spotify because it's just easier than like, already finding there. them on. Yeah, I'm already there, and it's easier to, for me to navigate Spotify than like iTunes. Um, I mean, we're on iTunes too, so like wherever. Yeah, that's fine. We're on a lot of them. We're all, so, yeah. we're, we're all over the internet. We're kind of stars, uh, <laughs> internet famous stars. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, I want to do some holiday episodes because we're get, oh, it's the time. Yeah, we'll be after Thanksgiving at that point, so I'll be more uh, willing mm. to do a holiday themed episode. That, that holiday, holiday, so. oh, holiday, yeah, that's vampire. It's weekend. so wonderful. <laughs> I just mixed up two Christmas songs for sure. I was starting saying it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, but with completely not those words. It's <laughs> beginning to look. A lot. So, anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>